Welcome to Managing Marketing and today I've got the opportunity of sitting down and having a conversation with Alison Mychalk from Quip, which is a social media and online community management company. That's a bit of a mouthful, Alison, but welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, look, I think a lot of people obviously have heard of social media, but uh, perhaps uh, the idea of community management is a little bit confused because I, I know some people in business think of community management as sort of the touchy-feely thing that's done over in the corner. Is that a fair assessment or what is community management? Um, well, it's a little bit confusing because people interchange the term social media and, and online community manager. The way I view online community management is more branded communities or owned spaces. So like a proprietary community, so usually forums. If you think yeah. about forums, that's what I think about when I'm talking about online communities. You can build community on Facebook and other platforms, but it's a lot harder to do. Yeah, and look, you know, um, you hear about community management in a lot of, you know, sort of social issues, and, and uh, I know not-for-profits or, or, you know, are inclined to have community managers as part of their fundraising, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of, um, you know, non-profits have strong online forums, especially like in the mental health space. So if you're looking at like Beyond Blue or Sane or Reach Out, those sorts of clients, because they're modeled around peer-to-peer -peer support. So they'll have a place where everyone can go to talk about their issues. So that's an example of brands that do forums quite well. But when I've heard about community management for corporates, it's inclined to be up around corporate affairs and that type of area, more so than marketing. From my perspective, um, yeah, I, th I'm, I think that um, yeah, well, I'm not as familiar as it being used in that context. I guess okay. I'm a bit more immersed in the space of, of community management. Um, so yeah, we see it being used a lot, conflated with social media management. So people just yeah, managing brands, Facebook pages, often call themselves community managers, and to varying degrees, they are. Yeah, because it'd be interesting to see how much of that's just, uh, you know, that sort of broadcasting on social media, because that's quite different from actually building and nurturing a community of uh, brand, let's say, supporters. Absolutely. I mean, incredibly different communities are about many to many conversations where social media traditionally is push messaging and it's, you know, it's one to many, but there's not a lot of opportunity for your members or customers to talk to each other. And that's mm. probably one of the key differences. Um, and I think with social media too, it's changed so much in a short time. So now social media managers might be looking after media buying or, you know, ad spend or analytics or, you know, all sorts of things that are, I think it could be I think we'll see fragmentation of what the role descriptions actually are as time goes on. Because um, what I was talking about, um, corporate affairs, it's almost like they've co-opted social media to be their stakeholder management process for um, investors and that type of thing. Yeah, look, yeah, I think that's happened um a bit, but I think you know, as, as we move into talking about crisis, crisis management and and communications, yeah, it's, there's definitely um still some ways to go in terms of how corporate comms and social media work together. Well, that, that's true. You know, we've seen quite a few examples of where, uh, you know, often where corporates are facing a, a crisis, 
there's almost nothing on social media. In fact, it, it goes incredibly quiet. And yet that would be probably the number one thing you shouldn't do. Yeah, um, you know, I'm at Mumbrella recently, they were talking about back in the day, PR teams had, uh, you know, 24 hours to respond. They talked about the golden 24 hours and they were having a bit of a chuckle about it because it's maybe a golden hour if you're if you're lucky these days. So you might not even have an hour to respond. So obviously that's changed the landscape um, rapidly. Social media's really turbocharged that need to get out there um, and get, yeah, get a message out there. And the longer you wait, it doesn't usually work in your favour. Well, how long do you think it is now? Well, I would say it's under an under an hour. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a PR company, so no, I suppose but, I might but, have a different opinion on that. Um, you know, I think you need to be saying something at least within the first hour, and while you go off and you know do your investigation, research, and fact finding, um, I think it's important to say that you've heard or acknowledged whatever's going on yeah and that you're working hard to get back to people as soon as you can you need to say i mean something as soon as you can i think that's the point isn't it acknowledging Mm -hmm. that this is a potential issue and then also spelling out what the next steps are yeah absolutely because i I remember last century um being a copywriter in an agency and getting called into what was at the time quite a big uh issue you know it was Mm -hmm. uh a utility company had uh, had a major disaster. My job was to write a apology full page ad, and I was surrounded by um, uh, corporate affairs where they said, "We want you to write an ad that says sorry without saying sorry." <laughs> now that took three days, and the ad never ran. Yes, you know that that's the old days. Whereas mm. now we see this blowing up almost overnight, and and mm. yet a lot of companies still seem to be unprepared for crisis. Is this the work you do with your clients? Yes, and I think that whole risk management piece is what's really important. And I think um, you know it's interesting your story talking about being a copywriter and called in there because I think what's sort of lacking in the social media space at the moment is community managers having a seat at that table. So I think often what we see is, you know, in the war room, the crisis comms get discussed, the plan gets laid out. And, you know, and traditionally PR is about controlling the message. Social media, it's very difficult to control the message on social media. You might have a thousand different questions or responses that you need to get back to varying iterations of of, of what's going on. Um, so I think, you know, having community management, we, yeah, we see a disconnect between what's decided upon and then this poor community management team gets delivered, like here are our responses or here's how we're, they get the non-apology yeah. <laughs> apology that got written by the copywriter. And, and you know, they know their, their community best. They know their consumers and members best and often they sort of think this isn't going to work well so I think it's all about really empowering the the social media community management team that you have um, and making sure that they're involved in those conversations so they can sort of adapt them to what is going to work best on social and I think you know that's the issue just not seeing community management as, as senior as it needs to be because it really is these community managers across all your consumer touch points and when a crisis hits you want them to feel like they're empowered to do it as best they can. Alison, this is assuming that the company has a community manager because, of course, it's not something that you can just create overnight, is it? No, no, and I think that's that's the thing you need to... That's part of your preparation, um, you know, having these risk management plans in place for social because I think still PR agencies and traditionally don't, like, still don't deal with social media as well as they could. 
Um, so yeah, lots of companies, you know, might have one community manager, and then we start looking at well, what's happening at nights and what's happening on the weekends, which okay. is where we do a lot of our business. So we work with in-house teams, but you know, if they're lucky, they get to go home. They don't usually get to go home in a crisis, but yeah. just every but day. But Monday to Friday, nine to five. Yeah. But crisis never seems to happen Monday to Friday, nine to five, no, does it? No, it doesn't. And I think you know, it's another challenge in our space is that we see you know lots of companies might just have one community manager and that community manager does check at night and they do check on saturday morning and they do check at 3 a.m when their phone goes off 24 7 yes so we're saying like a lot of burnout and it's Mm. you know it's people complain about it a lot and you know they're not being compensated for it and often the company doesn't even know they do it so the company's not even thinking well we're getting them to work for free the company's just unaware um you know sometimes we worked with clients where the community manager said I'm going away for a holiday but you know at the moment I feel nervous leaving my phone in my locker at the gym for 45 minutes because that's the longest I would not be on my yeah. Facebook brand page um, so so that's that's a challenge and that's not even in crisis that's just normal management normal everyday social media management so because there is an expectation with social media that it's always on because mm-hmm. social media is always on. Yes, yes. And we, we see, you know, I, I do think it is an age thing. We see new people coming into the industry that are younger and they sort of think, well, that's just the expectation of their role. Like, oh, it's yeah. social media. It's just what I have to do. Um, yeah, so I think it's interesting because I think sooner or later something's going to go terribly wrong out of hours. And is the company going to say, well, hang on, we didn't. Our contract, our employment contract doesn't specify that you're supposed to work on the weekend. So I think, you know, we're going to move into some tricky territory there. So, you know, the old model, which still exists, is uh, don't say anything, get a a strategy to control the messaging and then broadcast as much as possible. Mm -hmm. That's the sort of traditional approach to crisis. What's the difference between that and the way a community manager would would respond to a crisis? Well, I think they would do it in a way that, like, you know, getting the tone of voice right and all these sorts of things are really important. Like, you know, it's, it's not the message isn't as controlled as much as being consistent with what that brand, like, persona is. And I think, you know, doing risk planning. I mean, with, with you know, our clients, we brainstorm every possible conceivable scenario of what could go wrong and have pre-approved responses ready to go. Mm. You know, what have we got even from the CEO down? How are we going to deal with all these sorts of issues? Obviously, you can't predict every issue that's going <laughs> virtually to go impossible but you can but cover most of them yeah, yeah ultimately they start falling into a number of, of of categories so i think you know we've we've found because a lot of our clients are so risk adverse that that governance risk framework piece is important like having escalation processes having response protocols like you know at what point will we escalate and call people in all those sorts of things so you know which probably doesn't vary too differently to how PR teams would do it, but um, it, yeah, it's definitely something you need to get right. Well, is also part of it the fact that if you're a good community manager and you have a good community management strategy in place, you you have a better understanding of what the expectation is of that community in the way that you would talk to them. You know the things that you would share with them, what you could say and couldn't say, yes. and also you would have built hopefully a high level of credibility if not trust absolutely and you've got time on the ground where you actually see 
you've seen how this stuff's played out. It might not be a crisis per se, but it'll be like, we know the consumer's responded to an ad in this certain way, or we know the consumer's got annoyed when this product failed. So they're sort of dealing with low-level issue management constantly as part of the job. So I think they really have their finger on the pulse of like, how is the community going to respond to this? Mm. You know, because they, they deal with it. Like every day is dealing with issues management in, in community management. Yeah, from very small things to quite you know, mm. significant uh, issues as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the good um, examples I always think of it, it was that, you know, famous Dan from Optus, you know, around that, that the bus ads that were in different oh, yeah, yeah. languages. And I think that was dealt with really well. And I think that was testament to, to the Optus team that Dan had the... Um, like that was that he was empowered to respond in that way, and they let him do that. Basically, they knew and trusted him to do that, and it, you know, really paid off for them. So I think it's an example of yeah, just making trusting a community management team, and obviously having the right training and processes. You know, they didn't just say go for it; he worked for them for a long time and so forth. So yeah, I think it was one that was handled really well. It's interesting the way you talk about community management. It seems to be almost like the bridge between corporate um, strategy and marketing and even sales because oh. it is a customer-facing um, part of the business, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it really is. I mean, I haven't even thought about it in those terms, but it does span all of those areas. And I think, you know, community management is a jack-of-all-trades. You touch on all different areas of, of the business. So, um, yeah. It's... Well, you know, part of it is uh, relationship management which is corporate affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it is brand management. Part of it is customer relations management, which is sales, brand management, marketing. Mm-hmm. It really does cover all of those areas. It's brand, reputation, you know. Mm. Um, and yet, as you said, it's really not necessarily seen as being part of that, uh, that C-suite decision-making, is it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head and I think that's something I've been advocating for a long time. I think, you know, your community manager is the person that you send out into the angry masses um, in, in a crisis. But in every day they're dealing with like it might be consumer free feedback or product yeah. ideation or like yeah, sales or corporate strategy brand, all these things. So why do you think it is under, uh, you know, uh, underappreciated in a lot of organisations? I think maybe just with the speed of adoption that Facebook had, you know, it just sort of came in and went from like a nice to have to a must have to like now we need to do it 24-7 and I sort of feel like lots of brands have just been trying to keep up the whole time so they haven't really had to think strategically about where it sits in the organisation and even in those early days it was like is it marketing, is it PR, is it, you know, where does it Mm -hmm. sit and I think that still goes on a lot. Um, Well, where do you think it should sit? Because, or should it have its own entity? Because, you know, I've I've seen organisations where they've put uh, community management, some call it social media management or whatever, uh, under corporate affairs. I've seen it in marketing. They're they're the two main ones. Mm. And uh, as soon as you do that, it becomes secondary to the sort of part of the organisation that hosts it. Yeah, look, you know, I think it's a challenge. I mean, I've seen it sit in IT as well, which is like a really oh, weird wow. place okay. to sit. It's like, oh, it's like computer stuff, isn't it? You know? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I probably see it more as a communications than marketing angle, but it obviously spans both. And I think that, 
this is where like stakeholder engagement like internally so important for community managers because every single department is coming to you and well can we do this we want to run a poll we want to do this we want to do a promotion or can we post this or we put this message out and there's a lot of you know um attention (laughs) well my my concern is when it's put under marketing there's an inclination towards making it a lot of you know advertising Mm. you know putting a lot of content in the community that's you know, offer or proposition based. Yes. Or tries to engage the community in, you know, things like competitions and and, and generating uh, uh, consumer-generated content that mm. they can then use in marketing. When I've seen it in corporate affairs, I see a lot of it is aimed towards journalists and investors mm. and not the real community of customers. And... Yet it's interesting because if I had to choose between the two, I'd choose corporate affairs because it invariably is closer to the CEO. Mm. And I think ultimately it should be the voice of the CEO in a way, Mm. direct to the the stakeholders being customers and investors and all stakeholders, shouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, in an ideal world, yeah, you have input from these different departments, but I agree it probably sits better in in comms, but maybe not in, you know, often it's done in a very formal way when it's managed by by the comms. It's not very social, is it? Yeah, so it's trying to find that mix. But I agree with the marketing, and I think that that's where, you know, you need to have an understanding of, like, like the fundamentals of community management and but ultimately you want your community strategy to dovetail with business objectives so working out where they match but often like you say from the get-go it's like we're gonna sell more pizzas through facebook or something but it's like well that's not how you build community so yeah that's called social media advertising yes (laughs) not community management yes and i think that you know, I, I, I'm not sure that yeah, people really understand community building as much as they probably could, um, you know, but it, it, it you know, can tie in very well with business objectives, but trying to work out where that intersection takes place, I guess, is the, the tricky part. And this is a long-term strategy, isn't it? Because I can imagine, you know, um, when the crisis hits, turning around and saying, let's start a community management, could be a little late. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little, just a little. It's definitely a long-term strategy. And I I think that we're seeing it more because Facebook's changed so much. So companies and brands are thinking, well, you know, do we want to keep giving money to and all our data to Zuckerberg or what is the long-term play? You know, social media is always going to have a part, but is owned community more important? So, you know, I'm of the opinion that, an online community is the single biggest asset your company can own. It's your mm. customers or consumers, members talking to each other. Like, what's more powerful than that? There actually isn't anything. So starting to build it now and get it right is hugely important, but it is a long-term goal. So, you know, if you look at any leadership that are looking for quick wins while they're in the positions, that's what's hard because really it might take you three years or something to build an own community well. Um, and I think, you know, if you do it well, then when those crises hits, you know, communities can form a bit of a moat. You know, it's, it protects your business. Your customers are going to stick up for you if you've been there for them. You know, if yeah. you've done it right, they will be there for you in those times. They'll start defending you, which is always going to look better. Um, but yes, to your point, it absolutely does take a long time. And I think that's where it can get tricky because a lot of people don't want a three-year win. 
You know? No, they want instant gratification. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, short-termism. It, it's interesting what you say about the moat because there's nothing uh, better than when you start seeing a run in social media on a particular issue. And, of course, you'll get always get the detractors mm-hmm. who'll jump on board with their stories of horror. But then when you get people that come in and go, well, actually, you know, I think you're being a bit unfair here and they've done, you know, what about all this? And you actually find that there's always, you know, if you managed it well, mm. there'll be an equal number of supporters as there are detractors, you know. Absolutely. And the investment that goes into that happening is the sort of invisible work of community management, you know. And I think people are like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever, you're on Facebook all day. <laughs> but it's like this, you know, you don't see what isn't what's being removed. You don't see that what gets taken out. And you don't see a lot of, you know, the everyday interactions mm. of community management. And communities are sort of built through thousands of interactions with customers, you know, thousands. Mm. So when you see something like that where people come in and defend the brand you're like, that's a sign of somebody's done a really good job with the community management there. You know? Yeah, because they've actually built a community. I think the word in there is community, mm-hmm. and um, that's probably the mistake people have made yes. in that they've either thought of it as a sales channel, a marketing channel, you know, a comms channel. Yeah. But in actual fact, what you're talking about is something quite different, which is a community where you are. your role is to facilitate the conversations not to dominate. Yes, yeah, and, and to to facilitate that customer experience. And we're seeing that a lot about, you know, brands wanting like a, um, a customer experience that's uh, across the board, similar, what's the word I'm looking for, you know? And I think holistic. Holistic, you know, community the, management is part of that, yeah. you know? So, because we know now if you walk into a bank, your experience is very diff- different to getting on Twitter. Uh, and banks. It's that. Mm. <laughs> banks are, maybe we shouldn't go to banks. But, you know, and I think that's, you know, where that community management piece is really important because it's a customer experience. And I think that, I mean, I think we're already beginning to see it, but what we will see is people will choose products and brands based on the, the strength of the community that exists. I know I already do it with certain things. You know, mm. if I know, if I go to their Facebook page or their forum or something and I think oh, I'm going to get better support or help with this product, um, oh, great, you know, this forum, even it might not even be run by the brand. It might be a Facebook group that's about a product. I've made purchasing decisions based on that because it's that power of, knowledge that you're mm-hmm. going to want from that group so i think that you know that's something you want to you want to get right yeah um because one of the issues that um, we've noticed is that a lot of marketers are inclined to measure community through the number of likes they get yeah yeah and, a, <laughs> and yet that's not actually a community is it no, no, it's, it's not. And we need to move away from those sorts of metrics. I mean, especially now that, you know, reach is so low and you have to spend well, time. But how social. do you measure community strength or success? Um, well, in a forum, there's actually a health check called the Community Health Index, which is being put together by like this data scientist that works for Lithium, who's amazing, Dr. Michael Wu. Um, so lots of people, you can use that. It's essentially a survey that does measure sense of community and things, and you get a score based on that. So um, that's a very thorough approach to doing it. Um, you know, yeah, in, in forums, you would look at different things. You know, do new people post? How often do they post? Do they come back? Do they return? Um, um, those sorts of elements. 
you know, in social media, I mean, it, yeah, it starts depending really on, on the brand or the product or what it is that you're trying to achieve mm. ultimately. And I guess that's yeah. where we talk about business objectives and you forget the likes and what are we doing this for? Are we trying to increase certain things or decrease others? Are we decreasing calls to the call centre? That's going to save us money. Are we increasing yeah. loyalty? Are people staying for longer? Do people buy more? Um, yeah, all those sorts of things. Are there any categories that seem to do it better than others? Let's not get down to individual brands, but do you think there are some categories that do this really well and other categories that don't do it so well? I mean, you know, we said let's not discuss the banks, but do you, do, do you think the financial services category does it well generally or do you think retailers do it well? Do you have any view on, on that? I mean, I think, I think the telcos do it well and terribly at the same time like they sort of have to like it's such a you know a, um uh what am i trying to say i mean everyone needs their mobiles to work all the time yeah. <laughs> it's something you know we live with this every single day so they sort of have to do social and do it well so i think i think telcos probably and they've done the forums quite well most telcos have customer forums that operate very well um where banks don't yeah. But, you know, banks don't, people aren't really talking to each other there. I mean, I guess, you know, it's highly regulated industry, so they've got their own entire set of challenges there. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know if any industry is necessarily leading the way, per se. Okay. I just, um, I have noticed that the online retailers, because they're online, e-commerce, yeah. they immediately build a forum around that or a, you know, a, a community around that, which I find really interesting because um, and personally, when I transact through an e-commerce site, I love to be able to see what everyone else that's transacted on that site mm. says about it, you know, about delivery, about fit, about, you know, customer service. And I think that's why they do it so well. It's interesting because the bricks and mortar retailers don't do it so well, mm. you know, because they're not focused. They Even when they have an e-commerce site, they don't do it so well. Mm. And I, th I find it interesting that it almost requires a change. You know, we talk about digital transformation. Um, but I think it's a transformation from the business perspective to understand that whether I'm dealing with you as a customer in the real world or online, mm. it shouldn't matter. Yes. I need to build that sense of you know, loyalty, trust, community with you. Absolutely. I, I did, now I can't remember who the brand was and I feel like it was a UK example, but they'd done well with the retail where they'd really integrated sort of your shopping experience. And then if you walked past the store, they would know you're walking past and they'd say, hey, that thing's on sale, but also this sales assistant can help you if you want to come in and try on X, Y, and Z. So it was sort of like blending that yeah. bricks and mortar with the online experience. And I thought that was quite clever, like trying to sort of customise and personalise yeah. the experience, take, you know, join the two, um, which, you know, I'm sure we'll see more of. Um, yeah, it's interesting because um, I've, I've suddenly realised that people could be listening to us and think that we're talking about all social media, but in fact, this is quite different to things like social listening, isn't it? You know, because it is about building a community, not just monitoring, um, you know, Twitter and and the like to see what people are saying about you. It is more about building a, a community of your customers and supporters and that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so listening might be a side 
piece of it where you're you are listening and you're looking for opportunities to engage in conversations proactively which not a lot of brands do when you sort of see it happen um you don't see it happen enough you know if you start monitoring and say you know what all these people are talking about us in this forum or on twitter let's go out there i think at the moment there's such a deluge of social media to deal with on your own platforms the proactive stuff doesn't happen as much but yeah so listening to the side and the social media or online community management piece is is yeah like you're you're in the trenches you're in the trenches you know day in day out responding to to customers and um yeah engaging with them building up a sense of community Mm. yeah now, Alison, you mentioned it before, but I know talking to a lot of uh, clients that they're often challenged with where should this be managed? Should this be something they do in-house? Should they completely outsource it? Is it a hybrid model? What are the things that people need to consider when they're going through those? Because I know, I mean, the obvious answer is obviously contact your equip and uh, you'll handle all their problems for you. But what are the sorts of, what's the sort of process that you'd recommend people go through to work out what works best for them? Yeah, sure. Look, I mean, I think having someone sit in-house with your organisation has a lot of clear benefits. You know, they get to know people, they're in there, they're involved in meetings and discussions and so forth. So most of the clients we work with would either have one or a team of people already working in-house. And with those brands that are quite large or... Um, we would be working to support them out of hours. So I think that's where this becomes tricky for a lot of companies because they go, well, can we get, you know, Bob in at 10 p.m. at night to work a shift? But hang on, do we have people come in the office at that night? Are they allowed to do that? Is there a policy around that? Are we giving him a cab charge on the way home? Or, you know, it just opens up a whole... The the out of hours, I think, is still very challenging Mm. for companies, especially if you want to do a 10 p.m. shift and then maybe you do a 3 a.m. shift and you're going to check at 6 a.m. You're not going to... Like, having someone come into the office just doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. there. So I think that's where, you know, we've had some success being a large team and offering the outsourced work. But so I think, you know, looking to hire internally i mean it's hard because i don't think there's still like a lot of people that don't have a lot of experience because it's grown so fast in such a short amount of time um but yeah look you know i think the the hybrid model works well but you know if we're talking about it in the context of crisis comms it all comes back to have a plan have a risk mitigation strategy and it won't matter if the team's internal or external but empower them to deal with the issue as best they can because they know how to respond when they need to respond that's it, yeah. We've always um, recommended to clients that it's worthwhile having a hybrid model mm. because it just gives you a constant external perspective. I think one of the biggest issues would be if your team's only internal, mm. they can quickly become factory out yes. rather than necessarily, and I think it's important as a community manager mm. to actually keep that perspective of what does the community want. In some ways, you're almost their representative into the organisation because mm. you're in that conversation, not the one that, you know, is, well, here's the company point of view. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's another strength because, you know, not only, you know, we're working across different industries as well. So we can pull examples from all different industries and all different clients and all our clients are better benefiting from that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, speaks to your point really about you become a bit isolated within an organisation. Um, and constantly looking at what other companies, brands are doing well is really important. So, 
One of the issues, though, that puts people off outsourcing it is, you know, we've had a few high-profile situations where someone has made the smart-ass comment or the inappropriate comment or, or whatever as an external community manager. Mm. Um, now, you know, how, how do you mitigate that? Oh, what mitigates somebody... Well, a community manager saying what they shouldn't say. Yeah, uh, yeah. Often they'll say something that they personally believe, mm. and it reacts badly in the community, or it, it's not on corporate strategy, or and suddenly you've got a crisis, you know. Yes. And that people feel that somehow having that in, having that function in house, they're able to better align people than outsourcing it. Well, and I don't know if that's true. I mean, I think that a community manager going rogue is probably a sign of not a great hiring practice, you know. <laughs> and, and, you know, we see it a bit, and I run a Facebook group for community managers. There's 4,500 people in there, so there's no shortage. We've actually had to create a culture around, well, let's not bag out everything that's terrible. Let's constructively look at how we could have done better. <laughs> and we're, you know, we've actually now we've gone well, to quite that's a That's nice so unmarketing and advertising. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it is. And now even the community manager will chime in and say, well, just remember that community manager's probably here, so how can we support them or give them advice and let's not tear them to shreds? Um, so there's no shortage, but, you know, what has interested me over the years when some sort of content's flared up um, and it's been because of things that community managers have said. And sometimes those community managers have justified it. Oh, but it's on brand. It's on brand. We're getting heaps of engagement. And we're like, it's terrible. It's like potentially defamatory. Like, yeah. you know. Um, and off the back of that, we that group, we went and created a code of ethics for the community management industry, which um, we did with Sydney Uni and they actually teach it to their students now because we were like, this is... We can't justify everything because it's on brand or it's getting good engagement. Like, whoa, let's set yeah, some yeah. parameters here. Well, um, good is the uh, the word that we could discuss, whether <laughs> good is good for the business or good for the numbers, because the two yes. are not necessarily the same. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think coming back to your point, you know, um, I don't, I don't know, it's, it's interesting that, I mean, I find it interesting that people are, like anti-outsourcing, but I sort of think that's because they're making assumptions about what outsourcing is, you know. Um, obviously, I'm very biased because I'm like, well, if you're outsourcing to people that are highly experienced and know what they're doing and have been doing it for a long time, then that might change your opinion. But, um, yeah, because I'm not sure how much con more control you have by virtue of somebody sitting next to you or sitting in the house. Well, you can you know? fire them, but I guess you could fire the whole company if they uh, completely screwed up, couldn't you? Yeah. But that's much more disruptive. Yes. I mean, I think this is a risk aversion issue that's probably, yeah. as you say, not necessarily a true measure of the risk that they're facing. Yeah, it's an interesting one though, getting all that communication right. Like, you know, because especially if you wanted to be edgy and, you know, push the envelope a bit, if that's who your brand is, well then it's, you know, it does get tricky. And it's also not a situation where you can constantly have your community managers referring up to someone to get advice because it is happening often in virtually real time. You know, they need to respond to the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, who are you checking with? That's the thing. You know? Yeah. And do they have more experience doing community management? Probably not. If they're, like, head of marketing, they probably actually don't 
have a lot of experience. Or, or 2 a.m. phoning the CEO going, I'm sorry to wake you up, but should I say this or this? Yeah. Yeah, it's not what you want. So that yeah. would require then a really clear set of sort of got brand or company guidelines and, and rules in yes. a way that you could, a framework that you could operate within so that you're actually meeting the strategic objective. Yeah, and I think like a lot of tone of voice where you're like, we're like this, but we're not like this. You start using examples of social media. We answer like this, but we don't answer like this. Yeah. We did this, which, you know, and it's like a constant iteration. So you've got this playbook that you can give to people. Here are examples from our Facebook page of how we've dealt with. Because sometimes you might get it wrong, but it's not enough that you have to delete it. Well, not get it wrong, but, you know, we might be working with a in-house community manager and they might say, oh, I would have said it a bit differently. Like, that's really good, but... You know, so it's like this constant like iteration and it depends on, you know, how protective that community manager is as well. And that's also the point. You said we get it wrong because mm. you can get it wrong. Mm. The big mistake people make is they try and dig themselves out of the hole by burying themselves rather than just owning up mm. to the yeah. fact that they got it wrong. Yeah, and you know, and like there's risks in, in being a social media manager or my community manager because, you know, like you're right up on the edge of the communication all the time, especially if you're like, again, you're trying to be like edgy or funny or witty or, you know, something like that. That's tricky territory. Or even worse in a way, trying to please all of the people all of the time Mm. and ending up not being meaningful to anyone. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's nothing worse than boring communities. No, and then they don't work. Well, people don't belong to something that they don't... They've got to feel Mm. an emotional connection as well, don't they? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Which is why a corporate approach would never work. No, no. And that's why, you know, coming back to that initial thing we were talking about, like getting the community manager to be involved in these discussions, you know, making sure there isn't a disconnect between this is our response protocol and actually this is what the community manager is going to be dealing with for the next 72 hours straight, you know. And again, often in that group, people will come in and be like, oh, really sorry, Optus to hear, cause not to the Optus community manager, the next week's going to be horrible for you, we're here for you. And mm-hmm. like, There's constant posts like that because brands are just stuffing up all the time. So maybe the next uh, CXO is the chief community officer that's sitting up there in the C-suite. Mm, yeah, I mean, like we've seen that a bit in the States, you know, there's a lot more head of community roles and they're quite senior roles, they're rare here, but I think that it's going to happen more I'd love to see it happen Mm. how is it not an integral part of your business well social media is so uh, uh, influential and and so powerful Mm. it's interesting how many organizations are still managing to avoid it Mm. yeah well it's make or break I think that's 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 what it is Alison been great having this conversation thank you for uh, making the time Thank you so much for having me. And uh, one last question. Who's doing it really, really well in the Australian market?